Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. episode in which I'm joined by a fellow coach Stan from uh, Johannesburg and we were just talking about where we're located and uh, there's just a two-hour time difference so this is one of those podcast episodes where from a time scale point of view and time difference point of view we're not that far apart so really good to have you on today's podcast Stan welcome to the episode tell the listeners a little bit about you let's have a little bit of a backstory to to stand if we can. Thank you. Good morning, Simon. Um, yeah, I, I call myself a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I invest in my own business, Sith, rather. I started off with getting accounting qualifications and a business management qualifications, and my whole game aim in life was to have my own businesses. Mm. I've had built up two large manufacturing brushware companies in South Africa, national brand businesses. And that was what my dream was. We sold the first one off to a competitor. We saw out a restraint of trade. And then, yes, we started our second one. And it turned out even better than the first. And we sold it off again after 20 years. So that is my aim that I was trying to go for in life and I achieved. Yep. Yep. And now you're sort of just taking a little bit of a step back from the the hustle and bustle of business uh, and getting that balance right and spending your time helping other people as a coach now, as well as obviously running your coaching business, but getting that balance right as well. Is that, is that right? Um, so, So what I decided was, after I sold the business, I still needed to do something, not to keep my mind occupied and keep myself stimulated. And I sold the business just before COVID uh, hits the, the, the world. So I thought hard what I'm going to do and what I'm going to do. And I looked around and I Googled and I came across Coach's Coach. Yep. So I looked at and I spoke to Chris and that was actually what took me exactly the direction that I wanted to go. So I reinvented myself from sitting on the one side of the table mm. to the other side of the table, yep. so to speak. All through the years of business, I've always coached and helped people, even clients. You go into their business and you see things. And I'm a very holistic looker when I see something. So this really fitted in, and I'm loving it. I'm semi-retired. I have a number of clients, my maximum that I will take on. Yeah. And I see them, and I coach them, and help their businesses, and they're all thriving. So it's great satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So we always sort of lead on to this podcast about what we're we're drinking during the day. And I know when I asked you this just before the recording started, you mentioned that you've got a glass of water there. 
But what else is your favourite drink? What do you like to drink, perhaps, when you're not sat at the desk? Simon, I do a lot of meetings besides just sitting, coaching, keeping up with what's going on in the business world. And I go to coffee shops okay. and I sit and I have coffee with fellow like-minded business people. And we have a Seattle in South Africa. I don't know if you get it there. Um, and, and this lovely coffee places, coffee houses that's all over. You go, you sit there. So inevitably, do I have a specific brand? No, but I enjoy a coffee and uh, you get the coffee that they give you in the shop. And if I like the coffee, they see me again. If I don't like the coffee. <laughs> and that's the best way, isn't it? That's the best way of judging it. You know, if you want my custom, and I, I've got to like the coffee. If I don't like the coffee, then I won't come back. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, so that's the, that's the coffee fact I'm going just now to have another, to have a cup of coffee when I'm finished with you. Great. To get some other talk. And, and I think, you know, as we've been recording this podcast, it's become less about the brands and the intensities of the coffee. You know, people drink coffee in so many different ways, so many different styles whether it's teas, whether it's mushroom coffees, all sorts of other things. But very often, it's the, the, the actual act of having the drink, who you're drinking it with, you know, the, the surroundings in which you're drinking it, which are, are most important. And I think they're the things that people talk about the most. And yes, there are some people who uh, are very passionate about a particular brand or a particular uh, roasting of coffee, because it... But very often they're passionate about that because it brings back a memory of meeting somebody else or, you know, having visited somebody in hospital or whether it's something that they remember from their childhood. So very often coffee or anything else we drink is about the memories that we have whilst drinking it, not the drink itself. Yeah, correct, correct. It's the memories, it's the enjoyment. Also what I find the ambience of the place is very important for me. Mm. I like to feel that I'm in a relaxed environment, a cozy place, and I feel comfortable when I'm talking and I've got space around me and there's a bit of a, a hub of people. And so, and it all depends on where you go. And, and there are so many lovely places to go to. Yeah. And, and with COVID hitting, you know, there are so many people going to work in coffee shops. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to say about ambiance because you know, I'm, I'm a big Starbucks fan and in our local town, we've got a beautiful Starbucks. It's on the marketplace. It's a very old medieval marketplace. In fact, it was Newark was quite key in the in the in the English Civil Law, uh, Civil War. And you sit there and you look at these historic buildings that have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And you think about the people that have walked by that particular and it's in an old building itself. Uh, and I love that. That's uh, where it is. I love the people that are there. And like you say, the space and that out. I think it's absolutely spotless all the time. This weekend, I went into a local uh, city, our nearby city, Lincoln. And I thought, yeah, I've got to have my Starbucks. It's Saturday. I've got to have a Starbucks. And we went into the Starbucks and it just didn't do it for me at all. The whole layout of the store wasn't very good. It was very tight. You were sat very close. We only had one seat, and that was near the bathrooms down at the end, which is never a good place to sit when everybody's queuing. And yeah, but you, you're absolutely right. That ambiance that you have 
that for me wasn't there. And it's not about the whether it's a big chain or a little chain. You know, people are still employed there. You know, local people. It's definitely about the way it feels. It's interesting you say that. I used to travel when I had my business. I was traveling to China every two years, and Starbucks was my go-to. Yeah. Because I needed Western food. Yes. I, I don't Chinese food there and their way of eating, and the place didn't have ambience to wherever I found them, but it had my food. So that became yeah. my have to go to for survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and as for the rest, you, I haven't been to Starbucks for a long time, even though I've got one in the local shopping area across here, the mall. Yeah. But I haven't been there for a while. I must go try it again. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have motherland, we have uh, Seattle, I think that's American also. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there's so many. There's so many. Yeah. So you you mentioned obviously the changes uh, in your business and ha having exited successfully a couple of businesses. What's been for you the the most significant thing in the last couple of years? You said you sold your business off just before COVID. So thinking yes. about the time since then. What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've been working on? Um, oh, I've lost your sound, Stan. Can you hear me? Can you I hear see, me? Now? Yeah, got you. Yeah, yes. yep. I, I got uh, once. Once I got into coaches, coach, and just before that, I started looking to reinvent myself, mm. and I found the major change since my um, scaling the business i've actually become i've always was philosophical in business but it's probably come even stronger now because i'm coaching and the way i'm handling people is slightly different and there's a big psychological factor to business coaching because you get into people's personal lives too yeah I've had so many experiences over all my working career that when you go to younger people, you can actually re you do resonate with where they are. And it's just giving the advice and working with them that's made it so rewarding. So that's what I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the re-education, the re-stimulation. When you have your own businesses, you know that you're going to go and you're going to work every day and you're growing your business. And my motto always was, what could I do better today than I did yesterday? And that's, that was my ongoing question at a certain part to myself every time that I was going to work. And I enjoyed that. It was a challenge. And I enjoyed it using that same challenges now when I'm talking to people. How can I help them better than I did yesterday? Did I give them the right information? Can I give them more? So it's constantly that thinking process which I'm finding is so stimulating. And, and it's interesting you say that because as coaches, you know, the industry standard for retention is probably six to 12 months. You know, I've got clients that have been with me 12 and a half years, nearly 13 years now that have paid me every single month. I've I was with Coach's Coach for 12 and a half years myself. And 
when you have those kind of retention rates, whether you're a coach, a consultant, or any other kind of business, I think that philosophy you've got there of, you know, can I help them today more than I did yesterday? That's what creates that kind of retention, isn't it? That's what makes the difference. That's what keeps adding the value. If you want to help them as you did yesterday, there is a finite amount of time that you can work with them. But if every day you strive to help them more than you did yesterday, then that's when the retention magic happens. And I'm really intrigued as to how you do that and how you can, what do you say to the listeners where they feel, how do you do that? How for 12 and a half years or so, do you manage to help people more each day? I think you can. When you work with people, to me, the most important thing is get to know your client. Yeah. And when yeah. you know your client and you get to understand your client, you need to understand what makes him tick. Yeah. And you want to try and put yourself onto his wave level. Don't be on a different wave level to him because then you're not going to achieve. The minute you understand him and his psyche, you can get into his psyche. And then you start talking to him and you see, and then you see a weakness and you every week sessions about goal setting and have you done it for this coming week. And if you haven't done it, it's not the end of the world. There's no reprimanding being done, but by telling him or her that this is the way we're going to go and you start explaining to them and you leave them that little carrot hanging in front of them to try and get to that target on their own when you come the next week but then you've already thought out what they're going to achieve because you know how they're going to get it you're pushing them you know their weak spots the soft spots so you see has it hit their soft spot if it hasn't hit the soft spot well that's where you'll think again how you're going to help them in that spot soft so it doesn't always remain a soft spot it becomes part and parcel of their everyday life yeah and and, and that's that's how i do in i have my clients are all with me from the start and i can see them all being long term because i've got myself into their business when i say into their business i've got into their psyche how they're thinking and i'm looking outside so Every conversation that I have, I'm always thinking out the box. Yeah. And I'm making yeah. them by making them think out of the box, they challenge. So if they say something, I find a way to move them out the box. So by constantly challenging them, they are stimulated. Yeah. And that stimulation yeah. feeds you. Yeah. And so it goes. Yeah. It's interesting you said that. I always remember as you were talking about it, it cast my mind back a long long while ago 20 something years ago and i worked as a, on a construction site uh, before i set up my own business and we worked we were building a factory for an american company who were supplying car seats to toyota locally in derby and the the project managers were sat in his project management meeting they were the client representatives and this american guy was there gary cardwell his name was 
always remember him and they they were talking about the height of the the docks so where the the, the wagons back in to, to load up and he couldn't see it and they kept he kept saying well how high are these docks what kind of height are they and they kept saying that it's 1200 millimeters and he couldn't connect with the 1200 millimeters and straight away yeah, I jumped in and I just said to Gary, that's about four feet. Why didn't they say so? He says, because all of our wagons are in feet in height. They're not in meters or millimeters. They're in feet. So he, he got the picture of the wagon backing up to the dock in feet and they were trying to give it him in millimeters. Yes. He... They became one of my, when I became uh, self-employed and set up my own business, they became my first and largest client because he said, I want you to do the work on our factories because you understand how we make car seats. You understand how those car seats need to get from here to the car factory and how it all works. He says, so I want somebody, I want everybody that works with me to understand that. And he got so frustrated with these project management team because they didn't understand it. They didn't get into his psyche and didn't see yeah. it from his perspective. That's so important, isn't it, for all of us in business, not just as coaches. You know, Simon, one, one of my fortes is that besides having accounting and management background, I'm technically orientated, technically mm -hmm. minded. So I understood every single job function on our factory floor. Yep. And this was every single job function on our admin side. So I had a partner for 40 years. It was the most successful, brilliant partnership of two people, opposite minds, putting something fantastic together over two, two different, two businesses. Yep. Unusual. So when I went into the factory floor and I saw even the production, them doing something and it didn't flow, I understood what they were talking about. I could correct them for flow. Um, when I went into the office, if I saw something, I knew what they were talking. So this has given me an extraordinary amount of impetus when I coach. Yeah. So I'm not only coming in theoretically, not at all. I'm, I'm working practically. And, and often, besides just talking to the owner i'm actually having one-on-ones with various staff members to speak to them to see how their jobs are going and what they're doing and improving their job for the company yeah. as a whole and it goes fantastically um just now I, I, last week i had one a session with the guy in the dispatch department because I know what he's going through and I know what's understanding. And when they talk about this report and they talk about that report, I say, I've got the T-shirt. And that makes it a lot easier for coaching. Yeah. So yeah. it does become long-term because they see you as part of their business, but you're a fixed cost, you're an outsider, you're non-judgmental, you're impartial, and you say what's got to be said. Yeah. And I think for those listening to this who might be thinking of, perhaps looking for that external support, whether it's a coach, whether it's an advisor, mentor, whatever you want to call it, even perhaps a non-executive director of some sort, a non-exec position. I think you've, we've touched on something very important there because 
it's not just having that outside perspective. And you do want people who understand the education side, the theory side of it, but you want somebody that's going to look at your business and they're going to see how it works. You don't have to, and, and I want to burst this myth for the listeners, you don't have to uh, be somebody who goes out there and does it to understand how it's done. Yeah, I'm useless with my hands. I, I, I know how a door gets fitted. I know how a roof goes on, but I couldn't do it myself. So I don't have to go out on the building site to prove that I can do it, to prove that I understand how it's done. And I think that's really important. You, If you're looking for somebody who's going to come into your business and give you advice or give you any help with projects, you need to make sure that they understand and have the ability to understand how it is actually done and put together and how it works. And that's when you, the magic that you've talked about there, Stan, even with the dispatch guy, comes to life as well, doesn't it? Very much so. I, I go back many years ago. We used to go, we had a five-year restraint of trade between our two brushware companies. And we went one day to a stationary wholesaler. Mm. And we walk in and we have a look and we see how the whole operation is working. And now we're seeing it from a manufacturing, a production, a whole flow. And the owner of the business is sitting watching the cricket while people are busy doing the dispatch and they're busy loading. And we saw blades and holes. And we said to the owner, we said, are you not worried what goes on in your warehouse? This, it was a big stationary wholesaler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, says, why? I said, because, you know, I, I got a gut feel that I've only just watched a little bit that you've got theft going on. Yeah. Says, Please, what do, you, what do you know? Not your business. Yeah. I said, it's fine. Not my business. But the experience and the understanding gave me that permission to say that. Anyway, a year and a half later, he folded. Right. Stock was going, the business wasn't doing well because he was not he was not dismissive, um, divorced from what's going on yeah. actually in his business to I think what, I think that's a great word, divorced, isn't it? Yeah, because people are not connected. They think they are. But they're divorced. They might be living in the same house, but they're still divorced. They're not connected. Either. They're not. They're not speaking and communicating to each other. Besides, yeah. So to add on to that, so where does coaching come in? Coaching is very good because you're in your business and you are so involved in your business. The coach looks at you holistically, and I'm assuming you've got a good coach. He's looking at your business holistically, and he's helping you plug the holes mm. and the gaps that he's seeing because he's coming from an outsider. And when you see it holistically, there's nothing better than that because you want to manage your business, and you think you're doing good, but an outsider that you can offload to and get a subjective opinion on makes a big difference. Yeah, 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 definitely does. And you know, I, be, I was very fortunate. You know, when I you mentioned partnerships, and I want to touch on that uh, in a second because 
you know, I've I've never done partnerships very well. I've only ever had two or three uh, business partnerships. I do, thankfully, physical partnerships really well. I've been married 30 years this year and we've been together since 1984. And I always say that. But the, the business partnerships, I, I've always struggled with that. And because of that, I've always had a coach because I needed somebody in the business to bounce things around. I needed that different perspective because I didn't have a business partner to go to. But even if you have business partners, sometimes you're very uh, inside the business, both of you. So I, I want you to, if you could perhaps sum up the success of a good partnership, you know, you've been in that partnership for such a long while uh, in two businesses, what kind of tips or what kind of um, sort of reality can you give to the listeners that might help them with any partnerships they're either in now or going into? I mean, the, the first thing you've got to do is have compatibility and you've got to have 100% involved, 100% bold trust in one another. Yeah. And you can't contradict each other in front of people. It's like a marriage you, with children. If you have a problem, you talk it away from your team. It's got nothing to do with your team. But once you've got 100% trust with each other, define your rules of position in the company. And once you've got those rules defined, then you start working. So my partner was in charge of production. He was very production orientated yeah. and distribution. I was the CEO and my responsibility was finance, sales, admin, everything else about the business. He wasn't admin orientated at all. Yeah. But we had 100% trust. One signature on the bank. We only had a partnership agreement for the reason should one of us pass away. Yeah. But you must have a partnership agreement and you want to put it in the bottom drawer and never look at it. That yeah. makes a yeah. good partnership. And good partnerships are far and few. And you can say yeah. far, five times to one few. Yeah. I was exceptionally for, fortunate and we are very good friends. We like brothers. It's, it was a really fantastic journey together. But that was our strength. So now what happens is you can't both agree on everything because if you and I are a partner and I say, I'm going to do this, you say, that's fine. And I, you say, you're going to do that? I say, it's fine. I've got to say to you, Simon, no. You shouldn't be doing that because of X, Y, Z. And you should say, Stan, you shouldn't be doing this because of X, Y, Z. And it shouldn't have a, an argument about it. There should be a debate. Simon, well, if I do it uh, X, Y, Z, this is what's going to achieve, and this is what we're going to get. And I've explained to you, then you'll start having another thought about it. You'll say, oh, actually, you are correct. Let's, let's go with it. Yeah. Or you'll yeah. say, you sway my mind and say, I don't think you're right by doing that because this maybe you're not seeing think you are. And that's what you've got to have. And at the same time, the one partner has to look out to the business or both. You've got to bring new ideas into your business. 
You've got to feed your business. Mm. It's not just work. So if you both are people who like to go out and do things and meet people, that's great. You'll pick up other ideas. In my case, my partner was more a loner wanting to stay home and not a sociable where I am sociable. And I was out and I was meeting and I was having coffee with the people, talking, always picking their brains. That this, this is what I found worked essentially well for me. When people said, how's, your, how's business? I would say it's fine. I would never say it's fantastic because if their business wasn't fantastic, why should I belittle them? So good point. Business business was fun, but I always made a point of finding a topic to flip to them. Yeah. Rather get them speaking and me listening. Yeah. And these are these are these are all great attributes as well, Stan, which is why I can see you're a great coach because everything you talk about here makes a great coach, doesn't it? You know, business experience, that perspective, that being able to understand that communication and to be able to get them talking really important. So just before we come to the um, the question about giving the listeners something of value to take away, how do people find out more about you? I know you say you've you've got your clients, you, you know, obviously you're, you're happy with the number of clients you've got, but you've got so much knowledge and experience to share. When can people find out more about you? They can go to my website, www.sf businesscoach.co.za I repeat www.sfbusinesscoach.co.za over there you'll find my email address which is stan at sfbusinesscoach.co.za and that could be the best way to get hold of me Okay. I'm very good on returning emails. Um, they, they'll get my number there. They can even WhatsApp call today. It's no problem. I, oh, I'm okay. busy. I, I will WhatsApp call back because it's a lot cheaper. Yep. Uh, and if I'm busy, just leave a message with your number, but a number that's legible. People leave numbers that you can't hear. <laughs> yeah. and, or save them way too quickly and you, you just have to listen yeah. to it five or six times to get it don't they? yeah correct and i will get back to you and to answer your questions it's very simple as that yeah and it's stan s-t-a-n and then your last name is is it feinstein yeah. yeah so can you just spell that for listeners so just so they can search you for you that way as well f-e-i-n S T E I N. Great. But when you when you go, rather go www.sfbusinesscoach.co.za yep. because yep. I see there is another some coaching which just keeps coming up. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So the co.za That's is the important. One. That's the one. Very yep. important. Great. So you've given us uh, so, so many different things to think about and to contemplate on. But if you could give the listeners something, um, a tip, a lesson, something they can take away from today's episode, what would you like to give them, Stan? 
Simon? Yep. What would you like to give the listeners a takeaway? I, I, I thought you left here. Yeah. I, I would say the very important thing is in your own business, treat your staff as very important. They are the people that are working for you to give you the rewards that you want. Mm. You making the investment, and the investment is in, you're entitled to get the higher rewards because it's your capital. The people that work for you are on a job and they're helping you. So treat them very fairly, treat them with respect and know your staff. Sometimes speak to the people below you because they will tell you things that you'll be sitting in a boardroom pondering about bringing out some fantastic computer program to do it. And they'll say, well, if you just turn it to the left, your whole problem's resolved. Yeah. So yeah. speak to your staff, even if it's a T person, they will tell you things that you don't know. Get to know your grapevine all the way down. Very important. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think there's two things you've said there that I think listeners just need to be highlighted to really. The first one is treat your staff, your team. You know, even if they're an outside supply chain, you know, I've got some virtual admin people and you know, people who do my social media for me, treat them well. The other thing I think you said there, Stan, is get to know them. You know, call them by name. You know, um, I, I've worked in so many construction businesses where the my line managers didn't even know my name because they didn't want to. It was, wasn't because they didn't know it, it's because they didn't want to know it. And that never, ever gave me a reason to outperform really what I, where I was. So, yeah, so two two good things there. I want so, to tell you one other thing. Mm, please. When, when you employ people, don't be scared to employ people smarter than you. Oh, yeah, completely. Your, yeah. your, your, your brain can only think one-sided, one one-dimensional. Yeah. Other people will give you other dimensions. So employ people smarter than you to yeah. give you the ideas for your success. I think that was one thing I learned by reading Richard Branson's autobiographies. That was always his mantra. You know, always employ people that are much smarter, much better at what you're employing them to do than you are. Definitely. You have your strengths, let them have their strengths in what they do. Absolutely, it's all teamwork, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. So let me come to the final question then. Um, you've mentioned you're going to meet somebody for a coffee after this. So um, give us an idea of where that is and what is it that you're going to be drinking? What, what's the coffee of choice, do you think, for today? Today's coffee of choice is going to be a house brand because we're going to a place called Mug and Bean. Okay. And it's an overseas brand on top of it. Yep. And we're going over there and I'll probably have a little light lunch with this person and I'm going to listen to other aspects of what's going on in the world. It happens to be an ex-employee, sales employee of mine who's still working as an outside consultant for the company but even though I'm not worried about the companies that I sold, I still learn something of that person about the marketplace. And that's very important to learn, keep current with what's going in the market because your clients 
are, are with you and you could be working in the same marketplace with your clients. So be knowledgeable of what's going on. Don't stop. The place that I'm going to is approximately eight kilometers away from where I live in sunny South Africa. Yep. Hot over here and we have lovely weather and it's nice to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got to ask a question because I've, it's a long while since I've had somebody on the podcast from South Africa. And last time we did, the restrictions were very, very tight there. In fact, I think you were going into a tighter lockdown as we were coming out of a lockdown because of a change of seasons. Uh, is it pretty easy now to go out and have a, a coffee and to meet people over there? Yes, we're on level, lockdown level one now. So it's, it's virtually back to normal. Yeah. Uh, you walk with a mask and when you're in the restaurant, you take your mask off. Okay. Yeah. But I'm so, noticing a lot of people are going without masks because yeah. we've had our three jabs. Yeah. And so many people have been asymptomatic. So yeah. it, it is a lot easier. There's a lot more cars on the road again. Yeah. So something's yeah. happening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we noticed it the weekend because it was a Sunday. We went out uh, yesterday, and as we drove into the town, there's a, a railway station car park, and that has been half empty at best for quite some time. And on Sunday, it was full. So that's not just showing that people are going to work. It's showing that people are actually travelling to visit friends, family, go shopping because it's a local train down to to London. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're very fortunate now that we don't have to wear the masks as you walk around. So, uh, but some people are, some people aren't. It's people's choice, isn't it, at the end of the day? So that's good. That's, that's exactly what it is. Look, yeah. some people are still not going out. They fast. They're not prepared to socialize. Yeah. They're not prepared yeah. to take a chance. But if you go down to your local supermarket while you've been having COVID, you're still mixing with the people. Yes, exactly, exactly. Great. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on stand. We've exchanged plenty of messages um, over the time, but it's great to be able to see you and, and speak with you. And you've you've given me something very important to take away from today. And that is that statement right at the beginning of, you know, can I help people more today than I did yesterday? And I think listeners, if you take that plus some of the other tips that Stan's given us about you know, communicating and making sure that we're treating our team well and we, we get to know them. I think if you do that and not only think about how you can help your clients more than you did yesterday, can you help the people who work for you? Who can you find as we record this on Valentine's day, who can you find that is out there this week ahead that you can help more today than you did yesterday. And I think that's a great, great thing to, to share with us today, Stan. And I really do appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on your podcast. And and have a great coffee out uh, at Mug and Bean. You, did you say it was called? Mug and Bean. Yep. So a big oh, shout oh, out to them. Mug and Bean. Mug and Bean. Mug and bean. Good. Uh, and listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help people be better aware, better educated and be accountable. So do something with what Stan has shared with you today. Tell us in a review how this has made a difference, how a difference that you've made to somebody else today more than yesterday 
what kind of impact does that have? So leave us a review and let us know that we've made a difference to you. And I look forward to having you all on your next podcast. podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.